Welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, author of the Planet Waves Horoscope and the host of PlanetWaves.fm, Friday nights at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Welcome to a new edition of the Planet Waves podcast, now weekly. Uh, this uh, particular edition is going to focus on the full moon in Scorpio which takes place overnight Sunday to Monday. Uh, that would be the 15th to the 16th. The reason I say uh, that it has two dates is because it takes place just past midnight uh, at about 12.14 in the Eastern time zone in the United States, which means that it actually takes place on the 15th in all time zones to the West, and on the 16th in all time zones to the east. God knows when it happens in Australia and New Zealand. I still try to uh, work out those time zones, but I find it's much easier to juggle chainsaws. Okay, so this is an exciting event, and I think that it is the main event of the eclipse season, although that uh, Taurus new moon eclipse from two weeks ago certainly uh, had its impact and it has been shaking the financial markets and we're definitely seeing its effects. Although uh, that was a partial eclipse, it, uh, it, it kind of swept through part of Antarctica and then also uh, about half of South America. So it, was a, it cast a kind of an unusual shadow on the world and will likely be calling attention to those parts of the world. Now, as for this lunar eclipse, it takes place high in the sky uh, in the United States, meaning that it happens at about midnight in the New York time zone and, uh, and after dark to the west will be visible all throughout the Americas and even parts of the United Kingdom, possibly Western Europe. And some parts of, uh, of, of Western Africa will, uh, will see it very early in the morning if you have a clear view of the horizon. Unlike solar eclipses, you can see a lunar eclipse anywhere you can see the moon. Solar eclipses have a, a path of totality. If they're a total eclipse, they, uh, if it's a partial eclipse, uh, even less places can see it. Um, but with a lunar eclipse, anywhere you can see the moon you can see the moon being eclipsed. And a lunar eclipse takes place, uh, for those of you who are part of the Flat Earth Society, it takes place when the sphere of the Earth passes between the sun and, and the moon. Right. And then this, uh, this creates a shadow. How did I get that right? Hold on a second. Uh, it is a full moon eclipse, which means that the Earth passes between the moon and the sun and, uh, and, and casts the shadow over the moon. I hope I've got that right. I'm not sure why. After covering the last hundred eclipses, I'm suddenly finding myself confused. Maybe it is the flat earthers getting to me, and they are. One of them has written to me trying to convince me that the world is flat, and then someone else I thought was much more intelligent than that said, suddenly, he's not sure whether the earth is flat. An eclipse proves that the earth is not flat. But in any case, uh, if you have a clear view of the sky, you will be able to see the moon go dim. Uh, I, I so despise when they call it the blood moon. It's not the color of blood. It's this kind of dim, rusty orange. 
rather pleasant, I think. I, and I'm a fan of partial lunar eclipses. I think they're they're more dramatic. I will probably, I mean, definitely go out and uh, and watch this one if uh, if the skies are clear. And also, there's a kind of a thing with people who go to see an eclipse where it can be cloudy all day, and then right before the eclipse, the clouds open up, and then after the eclipse, the clouds close up. So it's worth going somewhere. Um, the, the, the further away from the New York time zone, uh, you're going to be the, the closer to the horizon, the eclipse is going to occur. So you'll need a higher view the further away you are from New York. So the obstructions on the horizon uh, don't block it. Now, that's really not going to be an issue, except if you're in uh, probably California and in, uh, in, in Europe, but uh, going in two different directions. Okay, so now about the message of this eclipse. So first of all, it's an eclipse of the moon. So we know that it is lunar in nature. It happens at the time of the full moon. And that uh, the lunar things, lunar tend to comment on female-bodied people, but also they speak to a wider, broader swath of the public. So the moon has... Uh, it generally references women, and it generally references the public. And this is taking place in Scorpio. And so there are sexual and reproductive questions that come up. And it, it just so happens that the biggest issue uh, that's been in the news since the Albion full moon, excuse me, Albion new moon eclipse in Taurus uh, about a week and a half ago, um, involved the United States Supreme Court leaking for the first time in history the full text of a draft decision which would basically decimate Roe versus Wade. So we see this is the, I think of Roe versus Wade not as guaranteeing the right to abortion, but rather guaranteeing the right of women to choose which pregnancies they want to carry and with whom they want to have a baby. This is a very, very important right. It is misunderstood. It is being cast as being about fetuses. Fetuses are the figure. The ground is women. The ground is the public. And the ground is also whether or not the government can tell you what you can, cannot, and or must or must not do to your body. So I write about this a lot. And there's articles on the front page of planetwaves.net. I happen to love covering the Supreme Court. I've left these articles open access to everyone once again on the front of planetwaves.net. Okay, so now this eclipse is making a number of aspects. They all do, but this one's particularly interesting. First of all, it is square Saturn in Aquarius. That's intense, that's heavy, that's karmic. Interestingly, the full moon eclipse is conjunct the asteroid karma as if the square to Saturn were not enough we get an additional uh, bit of emphasis in the form of um, of um, of this uh, asteroid. Okay, so what does karmic mean? Well, karmic means things may have a sense of being predestined. It may mean they feel a little bit heavy. It may mean that there is, well, it certainly means in, in, uh, in this chart and as described in many other charts that the individual which we could say in the first instance is the moon, is square Saturn in Aquarius. That's the collective. So we're seeing a lot of charts that uh, describe the um, pitting against one another, the juxtaposition, the false competition, 
between what is good for an individual and what is supposed to be good for the entire society. The powers that be abused the shit out of this during COVID, making it seem like unless you did everything they said, you were against me. Or in case you chose to take care of your health in your way, you were creating some massive uh, violation against all of society. This was never, ever once established or proven or shown in any way. So this intersection between individual karma and collective karma is currently uh, being flogged. Additionally, in this pattern is the asteroid Vesta. Now, Vesta is a complex asteroid, and I'm still not entirely sure how to read it, except that it, it raises more in the way of sexual questions, and it is, I think, also commenting on uh, the, the kind of asexual nature of our times. Physicality seems to really be confusing a lot of people. It terrifies people. We're, we're being conditioned to believe that our bodies are a disease vector. And so there is very often the celibacy factor where Vesta is concerned, whether it comes up voluntarily, whether it comes up involuntarily. Uh, whether it is about holding space for a sexual partner to have an attraction to someone else, um, whether it is about assisting people in their transformation. The, the topic of the, the person making the inquiry somehow not having as uh, many sexual opportunities as they would want or no sexual opportunities for whatever reason comes up. The question is, what is the meaning? What is the reason? What is the purpose of, of, of this? And there's a diversity of things uh, that it could be. And I think it would be exciting to do this in a, in a question and answer format. Not sure where that would actually be possible. All right. Uh, so there's a conjunction of Vesta and Saturn. That is really interesting. And this conjunction is being squared by the moon and the sun, that is to say, being squared by the eclipse. There's another conjunction. I'm not sure I even uh, got to mentioning this in the article that goes out uh, on Thursday night, which is that the moon, sorry, Mars, they both start with the letter M, Mars is creeping up on Neptune. That is going to be exact very soon. Let's get a date on that. It's within one degree, 25, 55, one and a half degrees at the time of the eclipse for a Neptune aspect, particularly a Neptune aspect involving Mars, especially a conjunction. Uh, that is very, very close. So let's see when that's going to be exact. It is Mars conjunct Neptune. So with Mars conjunct Neptune, imagine this kind of sublime, volatile, gaseous substance being ignited by Mars. The gaseous substance is Neptune, and, and Mars is the, the kind of um, ignition factor in this. And so uh, there, uh, there are all kinds of possibilities with Mars-Neptune, most of them not so savory. One uh, must watch self-destructive behavior, the use and abuse of substances, and so forth and so on. Uh, and, uh, and, and generally, um, 
take it easy at the same time you may feel inclined to uh, lose control and know how good that would feel. You want to set some limits on your losing control. Uh, you know, better to uh, lose control in the happiness of your own home than lose control outside somewhere. So if you're going to take a lot of drugs or drink a lot of alcohol, do it in a place where you feel safe and secure and you don't have to drive. And maybe where there's someone who can just sort of be around to be your whatever trip buddy in a, in a certain way. So anyway, that is an indulgent conjunction. There, there is uh, there, there is like pleasure craving, endorphin chasing. Um, it'll be really good for musicians. There's going to be some great songs written during this um, Mars-Neptune conjunction, uh, which is uh, fairly close right now as I'm recording on the late afternoon of the 12th of May. All right, so that's second conjunction, right? So we've got the moon being eclipsed during a conjunction of Saturn-Vesta and also of mars conjunct Neptune. The third conjunction, and it's a big one, is the conjunction of Venus and Chiron. Now, this is kind of the exact opposite of uh, Vesta and Saturn. Vesta and Saturn has a kind of a cool feeling. Um, it, it, is, um, it, it has that kind of, it's not exactly asexual, but it is certainly not sexual in any conventional sense. But Venus conjunct Chiron is what Barbara Hand Cloud described as orgasmic fusion with the cosmos. I love that line from the book Chiron Rainbow Bridge between the inner and outer planets, and it is taking place in Aries. And so when you get this kind of thing in Aries, it is all about oneself and one's experience. So one of the things that Vesta can point to is masturbation as sex. And one of the things that Venus conjunct Chiron in Aries especially can point to is masturbation as sex. For those who are interested in the topic of sexuality and sexuality through the lens of masturbation here during Masturbation Month, I am doing a series of Tantra Studios on Planet Waves FM on Friday nights focusing on the topic of masturbation. And the new one is going to be called is sex a substitute for masturbation? Uh, I, I, I know that some people will think that is funny, but it's not entirely funny. I, I do mean it as a sincere question. Now, w when you get into uh, this kind of highly self-focused sexuality, someone is, is going to bring up the topic of narcissism. And that's not what this is about. Narcissism is as a clinical thing, is about hating yourself, not loving yourself. And as a mythological thing, Marshall McLuhan pointed out that the, the, the thing about Narcissus, this figure from Greek myth who falls in love with his reflection, is he didn't know that it was him. He thought that it was someone else. And so what Chiron, Venus... And then also Urania is in there. It's an interesting placement uh, because it talks about being inventive. Chiron, Venus, opposite Narcissus is talking about is exploring the boundary between self and other, exploring that line between me and you. 
Uh, this is something we could benefit from doing more of. There's lots and lots of confusion. It leads to all kinds of problems in relationships because there are certain people who tend to not be able to hold the boundary between self and other. And this can create a lot of confusion. And so uh, I think part of, part of what this aspect pattern is describing is the importance of really being clear what your needs are versus what your partner's needs are, why it is that you're motivated to do things, what is the nature of your sexual attraction, uh, and, and what is the nature of, uh, let's say, of the sexual compatibility, compatibility between you and other people. And if you don't have a partner available or a lover available, and you, uh, uh, so so if you don't have someone available, the question is, what are the terms with yourself about that? Do you really want one? Do you really not want one? And what do you perceive the role of the other in your life as being? So uh, these are all some of the uh, questions that emerge in my in my view with venus chiron in aries opposite narcissus in libra okay a couple of other things have happened since last we spoke one is that mercury station retrograde this past tuesday and it did so uh, about 12 hours ahead of jupiter ingressing aries so that's a big change jupiter's been in pisces on and off since 2021 it's now going to be in aries for a while it makes one last little dip back into pisces late in the year then it resumes its run uh, through aries uh, anything entering aries is a new cycle for that planet since one way to measure the beginnings of cycles is to count whatever crosses the aries point and also speaking of the aries point which is the first degree of the zodiac one Aries, also known as the sidereal vernal point, or where the sun is on the day of the Aries equinox, tends to be a magnifier of experience, a magnifier of the issues, just generally a magnifier of anything. That is what Jupiter is really good at. And so when you put things on the Aries point, you, you double that effect because the Aries point also has the effect of magnifying things and opening up and enlarging that space where the individual meets the collective. Now, I've been studying the Aries point carefully since a total solar eclipse in the first degree of cancer that took place June 21st, 2001. And what followed that was, of course, the 9-11 incident and the entire world changing. And so, uh, as a result of that one eclipse and seeing the astounding power of the Aries point, particularly when there's a major event in conjunction with it, uh, I've become a very careful and thoughtful student of, uh, of this point in the Zodiac. And by extension, the Aries point includes all of the cardinal points. Uh, that is to say, the first degrees of Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn are all contained in the Aries point. Additionally, the cross quarters where we have just been recently and where Uranus is now situated at the cross quarter of Taurus, for example, the Beltane point, um, is um, they, they too are very powerful points. And so we have, uh, for example, with, uh, ju uh, with, with Uranus um, in right on the, the midpoint of Taurus, that is to say the 
the midpoint between the um, between the first degree of Aries and the first degree of Cancer. Well, this is in itself going to keep rocking and shaking the world. <clears throat> and I, I think personally is one of the most important things involved with the volatility of financial markets, including the uh, currently um, in the tank cryptocurrency market. Now, there's one more thing on the uh, Aries point via the first degree of cancer, and that is series. And here we have all matters related to food and food security, especially in the, with the sign cancer involved. Uh, this is going to be a big theme of the next six months. Um, it is my opinion that if there is some kind of a food crisis or a food shortage, it is just more of this, excuse me, globalist bullshit, uh, which they seem to have... Uh, a, a vast appetite for perpetuating, and that many people have a vast appetite for consuming. All right, so now comes my pitch. Planet Waves is sponsored by our clients and our customers. We're a business, and I can do this because I do lots of other things that uh, provide other services to people. All of my services are affordably priced. Subscriptions are, uh, are, are low priced, and they g give you access to the entire Planet Waves website, all the articles and all of the horoscopes are included for your monthly subscription fee. And in addition, and that's like 3,000 articles, there's some really good stuff in there. Um, I have uh, invested the best of my writing career into what I've written for Planet Waves, and then I do readings. So we've got two of those going now. The Gemini reading is going on pre-order as of right now. You can find that on getareading at planetwaves.net. And I am working up to the mid-year video reading called Your Future, Your Life. These are always excellent. And by the way, if you get a core membership for one year, you will get included your future your life and any core membership includes a bunch of old readings um, uh, that we've um, moved onto um, the monthly horoscope pages so good stuff write to me if you're curious efc at planetwaves.net or if you're seeking personal consultation work i am here to help sincerely and i gather around me lots of other people who are also here to help all right thank you for tuning in i will catch you with a rockin' new edition of PlanetWaves.fm covering the eclipse uh, with an extensive interview with my mentor, document-collecting mentor, Carol Vanstrom. My Tantra studio is sex, a substitute for masturbation. And one of my, possibly my first comments on how and why the COVID truth movement is lying to you. Not all the COVID truth movement, but much of it. And I will have an expose on Reiner Filmic. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you soon. Bye for now.